Hello and welcome to the Travelling Through podcast. If this is your first listening experience of this podcast, welcome to the show. I am your host, Emma. If you are a regular, well, welcome back. Throughout 2023, I will be exploring choices, the choices that we make throughout life. Those choices that are made for us when we're very young help to define us. Maybe we don't like the way we've been defined and we need to redefine ourselves, in which case that means new choices. And those are the choices that we make through life, some good, some bad. And through discussion with my podcast guests, I hope that you will be inspired to reflect on where you are in life and what has defined and perhaps redefined you to this moment in time. You are in for an episode which will definitely get you thinking about your health, the choices that you have made, and perhaps the choices that you will be reconsidering as a result of listening to this podcast. Rebecca Rivers is the owner of Rivers Remedies. They are all about being ethical, sustainable and natural. And they're looking at not only natural health, but also natural beauty. And all their products are available in the shop in Lower Marsh, which is where until quite recently I had my bookshop travelling through. So I knew Rebecca as a fellow business owner but no more than that. And it was a great pleasure to be able to sit down, or in fact, we walked until it started to rain, and then sit down at the Lambeth Palace Library to talk about the challenges and the choices that she has made to ensure that her business and her health have flourished, despite all the challenges that have been put in her path. Rebecca thought that she was making all the right choices regarding her health and the food that she was eating. But as it turned out, she was not. Subsequently, she put on a tremendous amount of weight. She was almost type 2 diabetes and suffering from metabolic syndrome. And she managed to reverse these conditions by using food, exercise and a change in lifestyle to reverse what would otherwise have had to have been medicated. This is such an inspiring episode to tune into, whether you are in good health or not, and I hope that you draw some real inspiration and motivation from what Rebecca has to say. If you're in London, visit her shop. If not, visit her website. And with the possibilities of talks and going live on YouTube in the near future, those of you who are further afield will also get to capture a glimpse of Rebecca and the wisdom that she is bringing to her customers on a daily basis. So without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome to the Travelling Through podcast. Today's guest is Rebecca Rivers. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Emma. And we are starting this podcast in her beautiful shop called Rivers Remedies. But it didn't always start as Rivers Remedies, did it? No. Initially, it was called Waterloo Body Station. Right. And we were, lo- we're located in Waterloo, we're located next to the train station, and we used to be a shop and a treatment centre for acupuncture, osteopathy, that sort of thing. So we thought that Waterloo Body Station was a fun play on words. Yeah, and that's when I first met you when I had a bookshop at the other end of the street. But as usual, when you're a business owner, you never have a chance to actually talk to other business owners because you're too busy running your own business. <laughs> It's definitely a full-time job. <laughs> and But then you move from the Waterloo Body Station up the road of Lower Marsh to the middle of Lower Marsh. Yes, we actually moved a total of four times in two years. My goodness. After, <laughs> it was awful. Um, after we lost our original unit due to redevelopment, as is the story of London, 
um, and I couldn't find another space that accommodated both treatment rooms and a shop together. So for a while we had treatment rooms in one place and a shop in another. Yes. Um, and the shops that I found, the units that I found were all um, meanwhile spaces, all sort of temporary pop-up um, until I finally found a, a permanent space to move back into. Um, but it doesn't accommodate the treatment rooms, so we separated those out. So Waterloo Body Station was no longer a good name for a lovely shop. So the treatment rooms that are run by someone else now kept that name. Mm -hmm. And I decided Rivers Remedies. Absolutely. Taking your name into the yes. name of the shop, yes. which is brilliant. And we're surrounded by all sorts of amazing products, uh, all organic all natural? All natural. So we're organic wherever possible. Sometimes mm -hmm. organic isn't the best ethical option. Right. So if something is produced for food, for example, if you can get uh, conventionally grown but ethically grown in a farm close by, yes. that is from a, a sustainable um, carbon footprint point of view, yeah. far better than organically grown in Chile and of then course, flown, yeah. flown halfway over. across yes, the planet. Yes. So we we make that that decision quite carefully on all okay. of the products that That's we offer. really interesting because, you know, when you go into the, the supermarkets too, there's that big dilemma. Do I go organic but my avocados come from Mexico or do I go to Spain where sometimes it's organic, sometimes not, but it's a bit closer. Yes, and a lot of the times, you know, people grow well, they just don't go for the organic accreditation. Mm -hmm. um, but as a consumer, there's very little way of knowing um, so it's it's actually up to the retailers I think to be a lot more open and honest yeah. about what they're you know they're offering yes um, transparency yes. Isn't it, is, is the key which is not which always is the case not standard no, across no, no. the market but we'd all. like it to be but you are here in the yes. shop transparent <laughs> and it's um, definitely what we're trying to do um we're in Lower Marsh and we're going to go for a bit of a walk. But one thing I always find when I come into a shop with so many products and I think I, I just need something to give me a bit of a boost or a multivitamin and you're just faced with so many products, I find it all very overwhelming. And this is where your personal contact with, with customers comes into play, doesn't yes, it? Yes, myself and my, my entire team, we, we all fully understand what it is that we've, we've got on offer. We've all, everything that we've chosen, we've chosen for a reason and to try and cover a lot of you know, different needs. Yes. Their, their need might be the same, but their reason for that need will be different. So, mm -hmm. for example, sleep. People will come in and say, what have you got to help with sleep? The actual, we then have to say, what is stopping you from sleeping? What, you know, and, yeah. and we understand our products enough to know that once we can get to these questions, then we can actually offer you the right thing for you. Right. Um, which, you know, I think makes us stand out against some of the bigger chains where they'll just offer you the one that's on sale or has the biggest margin. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they, you know, don't have the time or the capacity um, or the knowledge. But myself and my, my team, are, you know, this is what we do. This yeah. is what we like to do. Yeah. This is what we offer. Okay, and for the moment you're not online, but you have been online. Is that we correct? We have been online. It's it's a it's a tricky thing to do stock from a shelf on an online basis. So yes. for stock control reasons, we you know we'll only we only hold small amounts of things because we want everything to be as fresh as possible, mm -hmm. and we want to have as wide a range of options. So we hold small amounts of stock. 
So if somebody buys three of something off a shelf while simultaneously someone else is buying three of something on a website, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we now no longer have the three to offer the website purchaser because it's physically already walked out of the shop. Of course, yes. Um, so we found that with the website that we had chosen, that I had chosen, um, it didn't give enough flexibility for that. Mm -hmm. And so the vast majority or a large enough majority of my website sales, I was just having to send apology emails mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. say the thing that you've just paid for, we don't actually have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then I offer little presents and gifts to make up for it. And it just ended up costing so much, much more yes. to operate a web shop and a retail shop the way we were doing it. Right, right. So I'm now looking for, you know, software and things that can actually accommodate retail bricks and mortar retail plus um you know online but it's a long process so yeah yeah yes we're in the works for it but it's yes. going to take a while but and that's the thing about business isn't it you're constantly having to evolve try new things change things all the time yeah you know, uh, to keep yourself fresh yeah. and keep customers coming back yeah. and because not everybody lives in london but it's a fantastic little secret or hopefully not too secret yeah. um uh lower marsh itself is a street that's coming more and more known in a transition as well yes, period, isn't yeah. it? I was at a, a networking event um, in uh, in Oxford Street a couple of nights ago with lots of very very important people from the BBC and big companies and all sorts of things and there was little old me and I said to one of the people that you know I had a shop where and I said Lower Marsh oh, I've heard of Lower Marsh that's a wonderful little street oh my gosh and I was suddenly this little like famous person in this <laughs> in this event because everyone was so excited about Lower Marsh. Yeah. So we definitely have we have the heart of Londoners. Like people people who find this street understand what a what a great little street it is. Yes. yes. Um, it just tends to be a little bit of a kept secret rather than you know, a little less secretive would be good. Would be good, exactly. Okay, so shall we um, shall we walk into it? Is there anything Let's else you'd walk. like to say, particularly about the shop, or should we just nope. whiz off? Yes. Let's go off and walk and talk. I love the old, it's all wooden floors and everything as well. You've kept it nice. The, the landlord is a very, very lovely person, and he wanted to make sure that he kept as much of the original building as okay. possible. It used to, it was originally a tobacconist. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh, right. that's, that's this kind of like yeah. inset door. And you can, you can see it, can't yes. you? Like when you yeah. look at it. Definitely. Well, it's sort of raining, isn't it? So maybe, shall we head down to, to Archbishop Park? Yeah. Maybe we'll go into the museum down there because it's a new place that's opened up oh, that okay. I wasn't aware of. Shober, my podcast, one of my podcast guests, I just had on the show recently, introduced me to the place. So uh, we'll go and, go and um, I'll introduce it to you now. <laughs> but this street is in such transition, isn't it? I mean, it is. shops and are opening and closing all the time. Some for the better, some for the worse. Yes. Um, but it, it is still holding on by its fingertips to independent and unique. And, you know, we, we don't have chains I think Iceland is our only, Iceland and Boots and are boots. our only chains. Yes, yes. Um, and they're useful for the for the area anyway. So, um, yeah, we we we're we're holding on to our independent spirit yes. for as long as we possibly as long as can. Possible. Yes, yes. Um, so let's 
let's start from the very beginning with you, Rebecca, because the, the um, podcast, the Travelling Through podcast for this year, uh, I really wanted to talk about choice yes. and the choices we make through life. Some, some are made for us, when it was particularly when we're young and we don't really have uh, much chance to, to, give, to uh, give our own opinion on things. Uh, so our parents choose things for us, and which sets us on a journey, basically, and defines us initially. But then our, thereafter, as we grow up, we start to make our own choices. Um, and I'm just wanting to explore that with you and how through the choices that you've made to date has brought you to this, this moment while I'm walking down the street with you yeah. in a potted version, yeah. obviously. <laughs> okay, so I think possibly the first uh, trajectory changing choice that I made the one that was my choice and mine only and that set the the rest of it rolling yes was when I got some good for my school but not good for the, the country A-level grades I didn't go to a particularly good um, school for A-levels and was only offered one university option for, yeah. to go to uni and made the choice that rather than taking going to a uni I didn't really want to go to, doing a course I wasn't sure that I wanted to do, I decided to move to the Caribbean. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! That's so, <laughs> so unexpected. I wasn't expecting you to say that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so at 17, I took myself off. From where? To, where were you? Where did um, you grow I was up? in Felixstowe. Okay. So Which I went right from, on the south coast of England, yes. isn't it? Oh. I went from Felixstowe to St. John in the US Virgin Islands. Oh, gosh. I did have a green card. Right. We had lived in America um, for a large portion of my childhood. Ah, okay. Which part of America had you lived um, in? At that point, I had, lived, I had lived in Florida and Massachusetts. Okay. So... Um, Actually, now that I'm remembering correctly, I moved there from Massachusetts, not Felixstowe. We went from Felixstowe to Massachusetts. Yes. And then very shortly after, I decided that uh, the Caribbean was the right place. Okay. Where I had lived there as a child. Right. So I did have some, some affinity. Um, with that particular with, island as well? I'd lived in the British Virgin Islands as a child. Right. Um, but now I had a green card and it was much easier to work in the US Virgin Islands. Yes. So... Off I went, worked at an amazing resort, one of the top resorts in the world where all the rich and the famous went. And then I took off and worked, managed bars and restaurants and crewed on sailing ships and I worked in construction and Gosh. just whatever it took to make a life. It was yeah. supposed to be six months. Okay. You know. But when you're sort of late late teenager basically yeah. you're, you do everything don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. You throw yourself at everything. And six months became eight years. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> My that goodness. Was, it was, wow, what it was a... just supposed to be a jolly but I took to it. I, yeah. I loved the island. I loved, I loved island life. It's difficult. It's a third world country. It's not the you know there's resorts and then there's everywhere else. Yes. When you're places like that but um, you know I've, I lived in a shack in the woods with no running water and no electricity for a large portion of time there oh gosh absolutely loved it yeah yeah, yeah. so 
really back to basics, back yep. to nature. And, yep. and it wasn't too hot and full of creepy crawlies, was it? Uh, yes, but you know, that's, that's early 20s. It is what it is. You don't mind about exactly. that. Exactly. Embrace uh, it all. I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Um, and then after eight years, my next trajectory changing choice was that life was, was great for, you know, being young and wild and free and crazy and not really setting down roots or having any anything else to do than have fun and make money. Yes, yes. Um, so I thought if I wanted to actually do something constructive and and also just have access to more culture and you know, just a, a bigger life. So I moved to San Francisco. Okay. Um, and was in San Francisco and then um, across the bay in Oakland for the next eight years. Right. Uh, where I developed, I worked in high-end restaurants and was a wine buyer and a restaurant manager. My goodness. Um, I worked as someone who would go into failing restaurants and turn them around. It was Gordon Ramsay before Gordon ah, Ramsay did it. Okay. So would, Less you, swearing. Did you... Um, did you, were you given training with this or did this just come with all the experience that you had generally? Yes, my, my, the reason, I, I Sorry, moved it's a really pouring a, with rain. <laughs> we're ahead for the library. <laughs> um, my father was a hotel manager, so I grew up ah, okay. in, you know. In that world. In that world. Yes. Um, and then, you know, my eight years in the Caribbean, most of it was spent, uh, they have some very, very fine dining restaurants there, so most of it was spent in that environment so when I moved to San Francisco which is a very very foodie city one of yes. the most foodie cities in the world and my my CV did me well yes yeah and I it, it's a it's a profession I love yeah so I and so you, and so you were very much in in touch with and and savoring good food at its very core of natural health Yes, yes. So, yeah, so the, the, the slow food movement started in Berkeley, California. Okay. It was started by a lady named Alice Walters, it, Waters, sorry, in, um, I think, like, the 70s. Right. But this concept of we need to know the provenance of the food and, we, and you know, ingredients are important and how things are grown and procured are important and let's not just spiral into McDonald's being... The, the center of Epicurean delights. Yeah. So the f slow food movement was very much part of my uh, my fat the fabric of, of what I did. So understanding pairing wines with food okay. was you know essential. Yeah. People would say, "What's your favorite wine?" Well, it does. Am I eating popcorn and watching a movie, or am I having you know filet mignon? This is what time of day? What time of year? There's, there's nuance to everything. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of that is what's carried over into what we do now in the shop. As I was saying earlier, when someone says, what have you got for sleep? Well, why aren't you sleeping? Yeah. You know, it's that sort of... Get, getting, trying to get back to the source of the problem yes. rather than and then and curing it that way. Exactly. And understanding that each ingredient has a different effect. Mm -hmm. So there's no point in saying everybody's going to love this dish this dish is delicious yes and some people don't like garlic yeah good point so the same applies or i sort of have applied the same system yeah to figuring out 
what what the best things are to recommend to people in the shop. And so that, that um, I sort of sort of uh, took you off course there. So from from working in San Francisco. So yes, you then went... I was sort of reaching a really really good and strong um, career trajectory in in restaurant world. And then my parents, who at that point had moved back to the UK. Mm -hmm. To Felixstowe? Uh, no, to Bournemouth, where my mum was from. Okay. Um, they were both diagnosed within six months of each other with terminal illnesses. Crikey. So I spent a couple of years flying back and forth two or three times a year from California to the UK sort of help with their care and and what yeah the, what you do what, exactly <laughs> yes. um, and then at the end I had the choice to make of do I keep my life in San Francisco and just hopefully one of my trips happens to coincide with their passing or do I move back and do I spend as much time as I possibly can with people that I love very much? Yes. Um, and see how well I can yeah. navigate that. Yes, yes. Hello. Hello. We've just come to have a look at the library and the, is the exhibition still going on? Okay, thank you. Okay, fantastic. Thank we'll go you. upstairs to start with that. Yes. So we're in Lambeth Palace Library and they've got at the moment this exhibition on um, transatlantic slavery and the Ooh. relationship between that and the Church of England and the letters that were written between slaves. Yeah, it's definitely something I can yes. spend a bit more time with, having spent as long as I did in the Caribbean, yes. which is built on, on this. It's something very emotive for yeah, me. Yeah, very much so. I didn't know when I brought you here that I would be bringing you full circle almost yes. back to a place that you understand from yes. a different um, time. So let's go upstairs yeah. anyway. So, so you made that choice to yes. come, come so, back yeah, to the, the choice the was um, tough decision as well, or possibly not. At the time, that that stage, no, that decision um, was very easy to make. My parents were amazing people. They gave me an amazing life. I wanted to spend as much time with them as I possibly could. When they passed, so they both passed within two and a half months of each other. Oh my goodness. Um, and I had a, a small inheritance. So I had enough money to set myself up with something, deposit on a house or something somewhere. Yes. And I still had my green card. So that then my choice was did I go back to California where I had friends. I, I now had, you know, say I could, I could put a deposit on a house, I had job opportunities, um, or did I stay in the UK, which although it was my country of birth, was a country I didn't, I hadn't lived in since I was 15. My word, that's a huge, yeah. huge gap really, isn't it? And a cultural shock too. Totally. It's odd because I sound as English as English can be, and I have no concept of any of the social, you know, uh, cultural histories that anybody else of my generation has. Yes. 
Yeah, I'm still sometimes confused how to get on a bus because it's. <laughs> there are these things that we automatically know. Yes, yes. If you grow up in a country that I just don't know. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering whether, because there's quite a few people up here, we go and sit on the, one of the benches and look over the, yeah. the pond instead. So, so with that, so with your inheritance, you, you decided to. Yes, I decided. I, w I went back to California for three months um, just to see how it felt and you know, spend some time with people I loved and uh, see how I felt about staying there. And I got a nervous eye twitch the whole entire three months that I was there. <laughs> And <laughs> it was the second I came back to the UK and st got off the plane, the eye twitch never returned. <laughs> so How extraordinary! I <laughs> took that. So that was definitely your body telling you. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I'm glad I spent the time that I did in America. It was definitely an interesting and wonderful time, and I've I've learnt many skills from. Yes, from my time there. But I do have to say, is it on this one? Oh. the country's back mad. Yeah, is and, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit bonkers. And uh, you can sit on this side. You're looking at. I find the general. Um, I'm, gen I'm better suited to the UK. And yeah, I'm glad it was that. That was a choice I'm happy with. Yes. Yes. Um, my youngest sister she also moved back to the UK um, and just recently a couple of years ago realized that it was not the right choice for her she definitely preferred the States so she has now moved back to LA mm -hmm. um, so your sister she, went yeah back my youngest sister has gone back so actually I have two sisters they both live in the States um, but I definitely I find I'm more at peace back in the UK so that was a decision I, I'm happy with then my next decision with the inheritance was whether I put a deposit mm -hmm. on a flat and get a job mm -hmm. or start my own business. Okay. I don't know that I necessarily made the right choice on that one. I certainly didn't make the easy choice. Okay. So I went with the start my own business, um, which... I love, I mean, I love my business. I love, I, every day I go to work, I'm happy to be there. Um, I'm proud of what I do. I'm good at what I do. Um, it's insanely stressful and a very good way to lose your inheritance. But it's, I think it's, I love it. I yes, do love it. Yeah. And, you know, other people love it. And I think it brings, it brings a lot to a lot of people. And that's that's meaningful to me. So. Yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, that's one of the big things, isn't it? When you make a choice like that, a huge choice or decision, mm -hmm. or choices are put in front of you, and you take a decision, and then you've just got to go with it as much as you can, and just just put your energy into that, rather yeah. like you were when you were seventeen and went off to uh, the Caribbean. It's it's a different kind of journey, isn't it? Yeah. That you that you sort of jump into, and and during that journey um obviously there's lots of choices that you have to make with business um and yep. those choices some were, were very much put upon you weren't they about moving yes. and uh, changing the business yeah. model yeah. yes quite drastically yeah. yeah we had 
losing the unit um, due to the redevelopment, moving four times in two years, um, which just you know has so many knock-on bad effects for business. You, people you, people forget that you're there. They they can't find you. They you know it's it's it, it's not a an ideal business thing to go through. Yes, um, we were back. We finally got our our new permanent unit moved in in November, and then COVID came along yeah, a couple of months goodness. later. So it was those were choices I would not have made. Um, if you had, if I had yeah, if, yeah. I, if, I, if I had a choice for COVID or not, I definitely would have said, let's not do COVID. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, and my, you know, my choice after that was, do I keep going? Do I, you know, can I, can I continue to give, to use up what, what little is left for this thing, not knowing everything's changing. The whole world is, you know, people's work patterns are changing. You know, all these, these things are going on. So my choice now is, do I put my head down and keep going um or do I say that's too many knocks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. let's let's wrap it up yeah I mean certainly with on on the health side more and more people I think as a result of covid and lockdowns and um people sort of having more time to think about their health uh on a on a good way and yes. a bad way, yes. are, are starting to understand and appreciate the importance of good food, good health, exercise. But there's a lot of people totally in denial of it. Um, and there seems to be this big fight between the, what the people are thinking, what the pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. are thinking, um, what the healthcare system yes. is thinking. And there seems to be almost like a power struggle going on and who's going to win. 100%. And one of the other problems is that people are busy, they have their own interests, they have all sorts of other things to occupy their time and their, their mind, so they will obviously take, I am going to air quote, health advice from TikTok or the news or you know the, these, these quick and easy to digest health, bits of health information. And unfortunately, just like you know we'll reference back to the sleep thing that there's a different thing that you would recommend for everybody for sleep there's a different health choice for mm-hmm. every individual yeah and the health choices that are most out there that are, you know the media puts forward and the health service puts forward are very generic one size fits all and we are not one size fits all humans no so there's, you have to put the work in, you have to ask the questions, you have to really figure out what is the right thing for you. Um, so you all know that until a year and a half ago, I was extremely overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I overate and not because I wasn't active, but I ate the wrong things, although they were healthy things, they weren't, they weren't healthy for me, mm-hmm. they weren't the right things for my structure. And I ate them at the wrong times because mm-hmm. I run a business and I don't have time to, you know, do the right meals at the right time. So I would go home and eat mm. late at night. Yeah. And, yes. You know, all these sort of. So I was I was making what would be considered healthy choices. I'm running a health food shop. Yes. I'm, I'm eating healthy food with air quotes, but it wasn't the right thing for me and mm. it wasn't the right time for me. Um, during COVID, I had a bit of a medical um, oopsie. It was the first time I'd really been back into the medical system for years. Um, and 
looked at myself and thought, well, this isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. I've got to figure out why my health has gone wrong when I'm theoretically doing all the right things. Yes. It's not about what the generic information is. It's about what's right for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So research brain goes on. I start to look into these things. I self-diagnose myself with um, metabolic syndrome. Um, I've got all the key markers for it. I've got you know everything pointed in that direction. So then I did the, the health changes that are very specific to that. And, and for the podcast listeners who don't know what metabolic syndrome is, uh, and it might be good just to yes. explain from your point of view yeah. what, what that meant for you. So if you... If you tend to have, um, if your weight is carried around the middle, if all of a sudden your, your tummy is bigger than your hips, um, if you have high blood pressure, if you have pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes, if no matter what you do, you cannot lose weight, even though you think you're doing all the right things, um, if you have sleep apnea or disturbed sleep, chances are you've probably got metabolic syndrome. And metabolic syndrome, to a very loose degree is is a, an inability of insulin control to be handled properly by the body. So we all know someone who can eat whatever they want and it's fine and they burn it off. And then the person sat next to them has just as much slices of pizza and just as much coffee and they're overweight mm-hmm. and, and you can't from the outside see a discernible difference between the two of them yeah and it's because one of their bodies handles insulin properly Mm. it produces the right amount and the the cells in their body accept the insulin in the right way so it basically takes it's taking the sugar away isn't it so insulin if you if you consume anything that breaks down into sugar in the body the very first thing the body has to do is create insulin insulin takes is a carrier for the sugar it picks it up I always imagine like a little suitcase, each little bit of insulin takes a little suitcase of sugar, walks it up to a cell in the body, Mm because the cells will use that sugar for energy. Mm -hmm. It knocks on the door of the cell and says, I've got some sugar for you. If you produce too much insulin too quickly, there's too many cells with too many suitcases, and the cells can't handle that much all at once. So they're not opening the door. So they don't open the door. They're like, oh, no, not him again, and they don't open it at all. So then the insulin has to say, okay, we're going to have to put this into storage for later. Mm. Storage is fat. Mm, Okay. So the insulin will take these little packets of glycogen and put them into fat cells. So an overweight person has a lot of stored energy, Mm -hmm. which during a famine is going to be fantastic, but during swimsuit season ain't so great. Mm. And that that extra fat then has all these other knock-on effects. So... For somebody who doesn't have insulin control issues, they will produce the right amount at the right time for whatever amount of glycogen comes in, and their cells are more receptive mm-hmm. to the insulin. Mm-hmm. So my cells don't don't like too much too soon, so mm-hmm. they shut down very quickly. Yeah. Um, if I produce, if I have something that breaks to sugar very quickly, I produce a very large amount of insulin, and my cells go into no, thank you. Close the door mode. It all goes into storage. Okay. And when that happens, do you can you physically feel what that what's happening? Like 
do you get headaches or do you feel suddenly weak or what happens? No, no. you feel like this is, you feel, you don't notice. Most people, I I can now spot people who've got metabolic syndrome. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty good at being able to go, oh yeah, you've got the signs. Mm. Um, But, I mean, you feel generally a bit blah, Mm -hmm. you know. I was, I felt, you know, back when I was large, I could always do everything I needed to do. I was very physical. I was running around all the time. I didn't feel like I was massively lacking in anything. Now that I've remedied the issue, Mm -hmm. I feel so good Mm. and so healthy and so strong that I can look back and see that, yes, I wasn't feeling as good as I should have back then, but I was not aware of it. And I think most people who've got metabolic syndrome are aware that maybe they're a bit low on energy but they're not aware of just how much better they could feel Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i I was reading something the other day that this doesn't only affect people who are overweight it actually affects people who are slim too and they're unaware because they think they're slim that everything should be fine they're called um it's thin on the outside fat on the inside so tofi is that what tofi yes so that the um once you self-diagnose that you had this metabolic syndrome what were the steps that you took to to uh, kind of balance things out or get get yourself on a yeah. path to better health? First thing, sleep. Sleep, 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 sleep. Your body cannot fix itself if you're not sleeping properly. Mm-hmm. We've got different stages of sleep we need to get into. The most important is the deep restorative sleep stage. That's where your body fixes everything, gets rid of the rubbish, does all the really important work. Uh, unfortunately, if you're overweight, you're gonna you tend to struggle sleeping. I had sleep apnea at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the the weight causes the sleep apnea. The sleep apnea causes more weight, and the cycle goes on. Right. Um, and I I would wake up three four times a night to have to go to the toilet, which is another aspect of insulin resistance. Mm, okay. Um, so insulin does quite a lot of things in the body, and it does make you retain fluid. So at night, I would suddenly have to get up three or four times to wee, Mm. even though I would stop drinking liquids, you know, nothing worked. So so my sleep was terrible and disrupted. So the very first thing I did was sort my sleep out. Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything else. Just concentrated everything on the the things that I needed to do. And to get more sleep, did that mean that you ate earlier before you went to sleep? I did. Or did you... I did. So I stopped eating... um, Last bite in the mouth at seven. Um, it very quickly went on to add intermittent fasting mm-hmm. as part of this protocol for the sleep. But the main reason for it to begin with was to deal with the sleep. So yeah. I was I didn't I didn't put super emphasis on the intermittent fasting except for finishing eating. So last last bite in the mouth at seven. Um, and I did lots of tongue exercises and lots of sort of jaw placement exercises. And what is that to relax the tongue and the jaw? Yes. What? Okay. Yeah, and to make sure that the tongue is in the right position when you sleep, so it doesn't fall back and block your uh, your throat, which causes the snoring, uh, which then stops you from getting enough oxygen in, which okay. then wakes you up, which is the, the sleep apnea cycle. So I did a couple of months. I did about two months where. It, I was just like, right, nothing but sleep. That's all I'm going to concentrate on. Mm-hmm. Then I did the, um, I combined intermittent fasting with medical keto diet. So not the, the I can buy lots of products that say keto on them type diet, but actual 
no, I'm going to drill down into my macros. It's going to be fat first for everything. Um, and was very, very particular and strict on doing um, two small keto meals a day, mm -hmm. one at 3 p.m., one at 6.30 p.m. So again, last bite in the mouth is at seven. Um, no snacks, nothing in between, just black coffee and water. Okay. And, and how did you, I mean, initially, this is what people, a lot of people suffer from, particularly when you're over, well, anybody really, is that when suddenly you're, you're um, giving your body less and a restricted time, that your the cravings and the stomach rumbles and all the rest of it, or did you Those, find that what you were eating was actually, because I hear also that depending what you eat, yeah. it actually stops you feeling yeah. hungry. It yeah. tells your brain, I'm not hungry anymore yeah. because I've had everything that I need. Absolutely. Fat is satiating and protein is satiating. Mm -hmm. um, anybody you know will tell you, if you have a cookie, you want another cookie. Mm. It, it creates, you know, the, there's an entire department um, at Doritos that studies the chemicals, the chemical flavorings that they put on Doritos that actually make you non-satiable. So mm -hmm. chemically speaking, Doritos make you never, ever, ever feel full right. so that you can continue to eat them in perpetuity. <laughs> That's what the, the food industry is doing yeah, to well, the human race. How about the fantastic, uh, well, the, the, the iconic advert for Pringles, isn't once it? Once you pop, you, pop, you yeah. can't stop. And, and it's, it's true. true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, I, I go off, off piste for, you know, holidays, so Christmas, I, I have, you know, I had cookies at Christmas, and within three minutes, I wanted more cookies. Mm -hmm. It's bonkers. But yeah. if, I, if you have fat and protein first, and then bring in your leafy vegetables which are filled, you know, get as much fiber as you can. I actually, I, part of my, my routine was struggling to get enough calories in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was eating more calories doing my protocol because I was having fat and protein first. Yes. Um, and I wanted to eat more calories because I didn't actually overeat before. Um, so for various reasons, I wanted to get more calories in. Um, and it was tough to do. Mm, I, I had to make myself take those last bites. So right. um, the first couple of weeks, the, the ghrelin hormone, which is your um, basically your alarm clock, I'm hungry hormone that mm. we, we preset ourselves. So we, if we give ourselves breakfast at 8 a.m. every day for a month, then we set a hunger hormone to go off at 8 a.m. Right. Whether we're hungry or not. not yeah. So it's not stomach hunger, it's yeah. hormone hunger. Mm -hmm. That ghrelin will come on. Um, so it took a couple of weeks for me to completely turn off the, the ghrelin alarm clocks. Um, and then it was just, and now I don't even think about it. Mm. Um, I would do black coffee is fine and, uh, an electrolyte drink. So Himalayan salt in water, um, and mm. lots of water. Yeah. And so what, so for, for, uh, for podcast listeners interested in, in what you've been doing, just, could you give me just a... For example, one meal that you would like one day, what you would have at three thirty, and what you would have at six thirty. Uh, if at all possible, two eggs, um, some kind of goat's milk cheese is my preference. Mm -hmm. Lots of butyric acid in goat's milk cheese. Um, tin of posh sardines, handful of olives, um, avocado. Although I. I I love avocado for their health benefits. I'm so dodgy about them for their 
social political yes. aspects. Yes. So, yes. Um, Particularly uh, everything coming from South America yeah. and it's the it's the carbon footprint that comes with each 100%. avocado. Hundred percent. Yes. So if if avocados came without those restrictions, I would have two a day. <laughs> but they do, so I have two a week. Um, and do you do you wait for the season, like Spanish season, where, where at least for us I, it's closer to closer yeah. to home? Yes, and like you know, I, I miss tomatoes right now because mm-hmm. tomatoes are not season in season at the yeah. moment. So I haven't had them for a while, and I really really miss them. But I will, you know, enjoy them when they come in. Yes, um, uh, buffalo mozzarella and some tomatoes and a couple of sprigs of basil and I'm ready I'm absolutely ready for it um, I put as much olive oil as I can on things mm-hmm. I eat as much butter as I can mm-hmm. extra I virgin olive oil extra virgin olive oil goat's butter or, or French I butter have, I, I just have bog standard butter bog standard butter okay yeah um, I eat so much of it I couldn't afford to be picky about that one okay <laughs> um, I will if I'm having a day where I'm feeling a bit more peckish than usual, I'll have a bullet coffee um, to get me through, to, mm-hmm. which is immerse, um, blending coffee with butter, Okay, basically. Yes. So some people do it delicious. with um, MCT oil. They do, don't they, they do it with MCT and ghee, and when I have those in-house, I absolutely do it, yeah. but sometimes I don't, so mm-hmm. I just do just do butter yeah um, but it gets you through yeah it gets you through a couple of so hours that would be that there. would be your 330 meal well not all of that but, but uh, so. yeah so and I do I try and do a protein shake um, every day as well so okay. I do a um, whey and pea protein mix with a collagen powder some flax and chia seeds um, uh, Greek yogurt natural full-fat Greek yogurt mm-hmm. um, whatever nut milk or um, coconut milk I've got to hand. Yeah. Um, I know you're not a fan of peanut butter, but I do occasionally no. put a scoop of peanut butter in there. <laughs> I do also do almond butter. Okay. Um, and without skins. Without skins. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, but my my main focus is I need to get the protein first. So I've yeah. now switched um, because you know I've, I've lost 41 kilos. I'm in a good place. That's a lot of kilos. It's a lot of kilos. Yes. And was that a very hopefully a gradual process as well initially it was full on okay. so for the first um four or five months the joke was if you looked at me turned away and looked back i'd lost weight okay because a lot of my weight was actually water retention uh, yes i was exactly. just like a big old water balloon yeah and i was weeing every half hour mm. and just weeing um, and so, the, the, yeah, the other joke was, I've got to go weigh out a few more kilos now because <laughs> I was just all day long. So and that was the, that's actually the change of the diet, as yeah, change of diet. Yeah, that was the keto. Was making, getting rid of all yes, this ex- excess yeah. water in me. So the reason I chose keto, and I, because I certainly don't think everybody should do it, and it's not, you know, um, it, it's not something I, I think everybody can do. It is tricky. It's, it's a lot of hard work. But the reason I chose that is because when you have, and the reason I went for the medical keto and not the sort of the easy peasy keto was um, if you have fat, it doesn't spike insulin mm-hmm. at all. If you have protein, it spikes it a little bit, but in a, in a more mitigated way. And then if you have anything that's, um, you know, even leafy greens and, and you know, good fiber based vegetables will have a certain spike mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you bring in your starchy veg and your 
simple carbohydrates and it's through the roof. So yeah, yeah. I was fat first. Right. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I got a full dollop of fat in me so that I wasn't that hungry to eat a lot of the other things mm, so that my mm-hmm. insulin spikes were as low as possible. Right. Okay. So my whole goal was like to keep seriously low insulin. Now, when I started it, I've been pre-diabetic for a good 10 years. Most of the women on my mum's side of the family have diabetes. Half of them have type 1 diabetes. The rest have type 2. Um, I, When I first started, I was just on the brink of type 2 diabetes. So t- tell me I, the difference between type 1 and type 2. Type 1 is the insulin. You have to inject it. Okay. It's your, your body doesn't produce um, enough insulin, so you have to inject when you eat, mm-hmm. um, and it's the most deadly version. Mm-hmm. Type 2 is essentially diet-created diabetes, right. so you just have no insulin regulation, so your blood sugar levels are always far too high, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's endemic. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. I speak to so many people on a daily basis yeah. who've got type 2 diabetes, and it is almost exclusively diet-driven yeah. and lifestyle-driven. Um, so my numbers were, I was 0.1% away from type 2 diabetes, and that means medication for life, mm. according to allopathic medical treatment. And I now have absolutely perfect blood sugar levels, no sign, no pre-diabetes, nothing. All absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. And it only took me three months to get there. Wow. Doing the ketogenic Crikey. plan. And, and so was that with somebody keeping an eye on you? Or did you do this? Did you go, you know, yeah, off piece so and do it yourself? I had extreme hypertension and type 2 diabetes. And the GP had said, we need to put you on this medication for this and this medication for that. And I said, I think I can do this through diet and lifestyle. I want to do that. I want to try that first. Yes. They were not happy. That's not their protocol. No, it isn't. Um, so they allowed me to do it, but insisted that I come in weekly for mm. blood tests mm-hmm. and blood pressure tests because they were convinced that I was going to I was going to kill myself if I didn't take their medications and yeah. that it was all going to go horribly wrong. So for six months, I had weekly blood pressure tests and blood tests at the GPs. Which actually is quite useful, isn't it? Because it's a very, very useful. <laughs> so I have this. And it's only because they're suspicious yeah. that you couldn't do it. Yeah. So the, the blood pressure tests were weekly and the, the blood tests were monthly. And it was because they were convinced I couldn't do it and they yeah. wanted to show me, look, you've, you know, you're, you're, you're getting worse, you're going to die if you, if you don't take our medications. Um, and at the end of six months, all of my blood results were back within where you would want them to be, mm. and everything was tickety-boo. And I've got a spreadsheet that I look at every once in a while if I want to feel all proud of myself. Yes, um, and I which can you actually should do. See, I, thank you. And I can see this amazing progression yeah. of these, these blood results. Um, and I now, my bloods are so normal. They are the poster child for middle of the range on mm-hmm. every single you know, thing that they they test for. Ironically, when I said to the, the doctor's office, so do you want to know how I did it? No. That's so interesting, isn't it? And also incredibly sad. Very sad. That they're not interested. Yeah. Um, because you've got a story to tell there. Yeah. You've got a book to write, actually. Yeah. 
I know Tom Watson, you know, who was a, a Labour MP. He had type 2 diabetes, I think, right. and he did something similar and put himself on his own protocol yeah. and lost weight. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he used to come to the shop too, actually. Did he? <laughs> yeah. I, I must track him down. Yes. <laughs> and I think he wrote a book about about this very thing, about food. He realised that, again, it was the foods that he was eating yeah. that very much triggered yeah. um, his diabetes. Yeah. And he once he worked out what that was and why we're all kind of conned into yeah. believing if we have sugar-free this and yes. a yeah. low-fat that. That's and in fact... It actually does an opposite thing. It was either giving you, kept filling you with chemicals yep. or more, yeah. even and more sugar. One of the biggest problems is, and, and, and a, an issue that I come across with the food that I sell in my shop, is that everyone understands McDonald's three times a day is bad. That we understand. But we are presented with breakfast cereals that are air quote healthy and low fat yogurts that are air quote healthy. People are making the wrong health decisions mm. based on being given the wrong information and yeah. we're letting food companies lead what we're being told. Yeah. So the number of people who I have to say do not ever consume a low fat yogurt. Yeah. It is terrible for you. Mm. And if you do consume it, consume it knowing that it's a treat and it's not good for you and that you should mitigate against it with a 10-minute walk or something else yeah, for yeah. the rest of the day. But the problem is people think that a low-fat yogurt is their healthy choice. Yes, exactly. So it's fine. Eat whatever you want to eat. It's fine. I, you know, I had a cookie at my friend's house. I just is not... I'm not saying nobody can ever eat anything. It's not about total tasty. denial. It's about but understanding what understand. you're putting in your mouth. Yes. And how you make sure that yeah. there's a balance there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love breakfast cereal as a tasty treat, as a dessert, <laughs> you know, like every <laughs> once in a while. But to have it every single morning and to categorize it mentally as a health food mm. is more dangerous, I think, than at least if you have McDonald's, you know it's bad. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you will make other choices yes. throughout the rest of the day. Hopefully. Hopefully to, yeah. to mitigate against the McDonald's. Yeah. But if you are making what you've been told is a healthy choice by the people who manufacture it, so they don't have your best interests at heart, right. but you've been told this is your healthy choice, your bowl of Cheerios, I started the day with a healthy bowl of Cheerios and a low-fat yogurt. Mm. Right? You've absolutely ruined your entire day now. Your body is totally out of kilter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who are you following? I mean, I've found online a lot of people who are now talking yes. about the food industry, what to put in your body, what not to put in your yeah. body. There's people like Dr. William Lee, who's who's got Eat to Beat Disease. He's got another one coming out called Eat to Beat Your Diet. Right. Um, and then there's uh, Stephen Gundry, who's all about uh, yeah. lectins, yeah. or being very aware of some foods and how they can affect you quite significantly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then there's uh, Dr. Walter Longo, who's about the Create Cures, yep. particularly about cancer and and everyone's coming up with with their version of of longevity, yes. Yeah. But I've realised as I'm reading more into each each one that actually somewhere in the middle between all of them is right for me. Yes. And 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 that's yeah. the thing to work out. There's a, there's a guy I was following who's who's all about eating organs, you know, heart, lung, liver, um, 
and uh, sort of ramming raw milk and raw this and raw that. And I just think, <laughs> it's too, it's too like, yeah. uh, you know, beat my chest and yeah. uh, run into the jungle yeah. kind of thing. But, but, but some of the things he's saying about cereals and stuff is so true. Yeah. And in the end, you've just got to understand what are they selling yes. also. Uh, yeah. And what, what is their, what is it, what are they trying to plug? Yep. Um, what is it that they're, they're telling us that is actually truthful but I suppose truthful but also sensible for for us as individuals yeah and take that path yeah I think so there are people who just get manic just get obsessed about a certain concept and they have to go all the way through with it and you know it's it's great that they do these things um I'm not going to do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because the 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 switch to there's a lot of people who are switching to a 100% carnivore diet Mm. to me I couldn't do it I couldn't it wouldn't work for me Um, but I'm sure there are some people that it does work for I'm not going to give a lot of trust to somebody who says this is the only way to eat and this is how everybody should eat because Mm. we are all very different Mm. Um, but there are certain threads that go through all of these. So like, you know, Steve Unwin, Dr. Steve Unwin is one of the ones that yes. I really like, um, mainly because he goes more into the politics of mm-hmm. how this came about. Um, but these certain threads of grains mm-hmm. don't work for most people, and certainly not in the amounts exactly that we're, we're you know, consuming. That you have to, the, the, if as these people will tell you if you look at when the obesity epidemic started and you look at when the food pyramid was created they go hand in hand mm-hmm. you know the, the the visual evidence is out there yes and essentially you've got to take the food pyramid and turn it the other way around exactly and also perhaps on on packets change the portion sizes of things that actually just give you such a sugar spike so yeah so 75 grams you're taking 30 grams of rice or pasta yeah but it's all about the sauce rather than the pasta yep yeah and, and i think one of the other th- um threads that goes through all of them is i do think for the majority of people protein however you get it mm. is incredibly important and fat fat is important how how much or how little you get it has to be good quality and if you want to have fat soluble vitamins in your body you're going to have to have fat in there as well mm-hmm. it's just you know the, the two we we need water mm-hmm. and we need fat and we need salt and if you were out on a deserted island and those were the only three things you had to, at your disposal you would live mm. yeah exactly i mean they say too much uh, sugar and too much protein is bad for you i mean just have it but in limit in limits yes. limit the amount but very few people get too much protein mm. Most yeah. most people are under eating their protein. Okay. So, carnivore diet that's too yes. much. Yeah. Um, but for so one of the other things that I do now is um, I do a lot of resistance training and weight training, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my muscle mass to be greater than my fat mass, yes. which is you know ideal. And for that to happen, I need to in, I need to take in the protein. And I I just know for myself, I make everything that I eat. Mm-hmm. I pay attention to everything that I eat, and I can see you know immediate and long-term differences depending on on what I'm eating and if I'm not getting enough protein in it affects my sleep and it affects my workouts and it affects my energy levels yeah so I've now switched to it was fat first now it's protein first 
and then okay. followed by fat, and okay. then however many leafy greens I can, I can get down. Okay, so coming full circle, so I mean your health journey has been pretty amazing really yeah. to this point, <laughs> and uh, you do look amazingly healthy, Rebecca. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and all credit to you for actually tackling it yourself and mm. taking that on on board and and not just going down i mean this is the point um somebody somebody put up on facebook or instagram don't go to don't go to the doctor like a child go to the doctor as as an adult with a contract like what can you offer me yeah um and and if it, if they can't offer you what you want to want mm. to hear or want to receive go somewhere else or do yeah. your own research never yeah. never settle for the first yeah uh yeah option otherwise you're doing yourself a disservice. Well, I think we have to be aware of the fact that doctors work on um, prescribed protocols that they have to follow. They have very little option as mm. to whether to, to deviate from those protocols. And those protocols are predominantly dictated by politics yeah. and finances. So it's not the doctor's fault no, 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 that no. they're given these protocols. Um, and the majority of the population... If you say, okay, you've come to me with depression. Now, we know that if you walk outside for an hour a day, every day in the sunlight with trees, that has a better effect than medication. For the majority of the population, they go, no, yeah, I can't do that. Give me the pills. Yes. They want the pills. Yes. People want the pills. They go. They go to doc, to GPs' offices with viral infections and demand antibiotics. Because we've been brought up to think that a pill will solve. Yes, you know, it's, it's like the Mary Poppins yeah. Uh, yeah. syndrome. Yeah. yeah, and we 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 need to be responsible for our health. Mm. I want to go to a doctor if my foot's falling off, or if I need an <laughs> X-ray, or you know something like that. That's when I want to go. Yes, but if it's my health. I'm in charge, I need to be in charge, mm. and it needs to be my decision and my yeah. choices. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are in denial that, that food is actually at the core of all Everything. our problems, you know, uh, all our issues. Yeah. And you, people say, oh, but it's too expensive, we can't afford it. You can, you can afford it, but it just means making different choices yeah. as to what you buy yeah. at the supermarket. You don't have to eat only organic. Of course, organic's fantastic, but it doesn't mean you have to go to McDonald's every day because, yeah. in fact, you end up spending yes. more. Basically, do you want to live as long as your lifespan is going to last healthy or do you want to live it on yeah. drugs and unhealthy? Yeah. And we're also a nation, so maybe I shouldn't say this, but we're a nation that loves to talk about our ill health. Oh, don't you we think do. we should be? Don't you think we should oh, be turning that around to be talking about our health, what we can do, not what we can't do. And yes, and actually understanding that if you want a different outcome, you have to have a different behavior. Mm. It, it's mind-boggling to me. When I, when I first had, because the first six months of my weight loss, it was dramatic. It was the talk of the town. People were coming in just to look at me. Like, it was <laughs> hilarious. You know, I'm a public-facing figure, and people have seen me for you know the last 15 years. Yes as an extreme plus size girl and I'm now an average size lady yes. and it was dramatic yeah. and I, I will never forget one lady who when I said about my type 2 diabetes and how I'd fixed it and she's like oh my god that's me 
diabetes, it's all in my family. I've got type 2 diabetes. I'll do anything to fix it. I'll do anything. I'll do absolutely care. I mean, it was this long story about I should do absolutely anything to fix her diabetes. Mm. And I said, okay, first thing we need to talk about is time-controlled eating, this, this intermittent fasting. Oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I was like, well, you can if you, you know, you can you can do it in stages. And I started to like talk her through the easy way into it. Mm. I went full on. That's me. That's my nature. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. But I know that's not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I have lots of protocols I can give you that you know if you need to ease your way into it. I said, no, you can. I said, you know, just do this little first thing in the morning. No, I can't do that. Yeah. So then I said, well, how about if we, you know, we, we stop doing this, if you, if you, you know, have a snack. No, I can't do that. Mm. So, but you said you would do anything. And so far of the three things, you won't do any of the three things. And they're simple things. Mm. Mm. You can't expect an outcome, a different outcome, if you keep making the same choices. Yes, yes, exactly. And humans need to understand that. Yeah. Like, I made the choice to put my health first. I, I had to stop doing other things. I've lost other, you know, things that I enjoyed doing that I don't do now. Mm. Because my choice was to put my health first. And I choose to take the time to make all of my meals because I know that's the best health mm. choice for me. It's also a mindset of changing what, what pleases you. Mm. And, and, and that's a huge yes. leap, isn't it? A mindset leap yes. from... from a packet of crisps and a, you know a pint of beer yeah to i don't know <laughs> push-ups push-ups push ups, please me <laughs> or a walk in the park yes you know, or just yeah. something different yeah just also we're governed or controlled almost by our habits it's changing yeah the, the habits and yeah. we can change habits 100 three months yeah you can change habits they say so yeah 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 i i mean back in the olden times i would go to the gym a lot and I would work out, I would do it because I knew I had to, and mm. it was the right thing to do. And I would go on the elliptical machine and count down the minutes and think, oh, I hate being sweaty or my face is all red. Now I wake up and I'm like, oh, which workout am I going to do? And I'm so <laughs> excited by it and I'm so ready for it. And yeah. if I miss one on a day, the hardest thing for me is rest day. I can't, I, I'm sad <laughs> that I don't get to do a workout on rest day. But they didn't start out that way. I, mm. You know, I push through and I push through and I push through and then you suddenly get to this moment where you're like... You're enjoying it and it's no longer a hardship. No, yeah. it's my it's my happy time. Yeah, yeah, yes. And it's the choice that you've made too. Mm. And you've got to sign up to your choices, yes. I think. Like you do. Yeah. So coming back yeah. to the shop again, this, this whole... And your business... Um, it's so interconnected and mm. interwoven your journey, your personal yeah. journey, and now the business journey. Yeah. Um, and as a result of what's what's happened in the in the last years, two couple of years, mm. um, do you see your business growing in a different direction? Do you see what you want to do is different? And and is this a moment where you're at a, a pivotal point of change? Yes, I think more choices are, are kind of going to have to be made. <laughs> Um, for for so long, I've, you know, the business has been. I will I will give people the 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 things to choose from. Yes. You know, I will I will choose the right things based on the the ethics of the company and you know the, the manufacturer and you know are these good good choices for people to make. But I haven't really been very vocal about what choices I want people to make. Um, I'm going to start doing more talks and more sort of 
workshops and you know figure out how because I've, I've learned so much in the last year and a half far yes. beyond the you know the last 10 years of, of having a health food shop I've just yes. I've gone so far down that rabbit hole and so many people need this information mm -hmm. and want this information and if they're ready to take it um, I you know I have a hit rate of maybe two out of ten so ten people who ask ask me for advice on what to do eight of them will give up mm. in you know a couple of days but the, but the ones two, the ones who go for it yeah. see immediate dramatic and drastic changes and it is absolutely wonderful to see yeah 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 my plumber he he got gout and so and he couldn't come to a job because he had gout and yeah. I was like right this is what you need to do pal <laughs> and I sent him this wall of text I didn't think he would take anything seriously mm. uh, and he showed up for the to, to do the job three weeks later and he'd lost nearly 20 pounds oh my goodness he lost over a stone that's ridiculous and he's actually done it and now he comes in yeah. once a week to yeah. keep me up to date on what he's doing yeah. and how well he's feeling and he looks 10 years younger and he's like never going back yeah never going back and that's the point isn't it you're not going to change the world but if you're there to help those who want to help themselves yes and are, are, or or at least introduce people to an idea that there's something else other than just drugs hopefully yeah. uh, that you catch it in time that it isn't just about yeah. drugs yeah. um why not try it you've got yeah. nothing to lose really. yeah. three months in in a lifespan yeah. is is yeah zero time really yeah um to give it a go so yeah okay rebecca so we're we're um we're, we're slowly winding down because because the choices that you you're making going forward have you got something concrete in your mind you you've got you are you going to get the website going again uh, the website is a work in progress but it is okay. definitely going to be going again yes you've got um, some talks hopefully going to lots come up. of talks i want to start coming up i'm hoping to be able to get that starting in the summertime okay um and you know maybe maybe once a fortnight have a, a topic of conversation that we can just have people come in and Brilliant. You know, are you going to film that so you can start a YouTube and have people... I am going to have to, although <laughs> you are, I am yeah. so camera shy. Oh, I'm you'll be fine. I'm the most camera shy person you've ever encountered. <laughs> um, but yes, I am going I to have to. I think it's really important, isn't it, to get yeah. that word out there. And people who are visiting London, please come to Rivers Remedies in Lower Marsh, number... 19. Number 19, which is sort of towards the... Which end? It's I more middle. It's, it's middle. middle. It is in the yeah. middle. Yeah, yeah. And you're open from ten o'clock in the morning till seven, seven during the week, okay. and um, slightly shorter on the weekend. But we're open seven days a week. And you have your Instagram account is at, at Rivers Remedies. At Rivers Remedies. That'll be in the show notes. Yep. If anybody wants to contact you, are the contact details on your website? They are. Yes. Okay. So I, I'll add that. I, I would go to actually the the. Phone number on the website is a bit wonky at the moment, um, but the Google, if you go into Google, okay, it's my, my mobile number is on there, so you can sure. contact me. Okay, directly. and email is there? It's hello at rivers remedies.co.uk. Okay, I'll make sure that's in the show notes too. So, thank you so much for joining me today, Rebecca. This has been a really inspiring oh. episode, and it's so nice to see you after, after quite a few years, considering I left in 2019, yes. to catch up and to see so much change has happened. Yeah. And through the choices that you have made, what a difference it's made 
to you, your your mental state, your your health state, your energy. I look a bit different. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, you're still the same Rebecca, having yes. said that, which yes. is really important too. <laughs> so um, to all you podcast listeners, I hope you have been inspired. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast episode. I certainly have. Please do share with your friends. Please do leave a rating and a review because this is important to get more of my podcast guests out to a wider audience. And of course, subscribe to the Travelling Through podcast. I'm your host, Emma. You can find me at travellingthrough.co.uk. But for now, have a good rest of the week. Take care and thanks for listening to the Travelling Through podcast.